Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised. If you hear a great whooshing sound during this recording, it is one of three things. One, the extremely powerful wind outside that has been audible since like two days ago. Two, the dying gasps of my decaying brain after reading this book. Or three, the sound of our old friend Brian shitting on the floor with his pants around his ankles as he runs at an intruder in his doorway with a katana. (laughs) I don't know which you will hear. I don't know if you hear any of them. But all of them are a distinct possibility. The, the, can I add one more? Is it your sleep paralysis demon? <laughs> no, it was not going to be my sleep paralysis demon. It was actually going to be the sound of my husband, Brandon, running into the room to accuse me of licking his popsicle. Hey. Hey. Yes. Sour Patch Kid Popsicle. Sour Patch Kid Popsicle. Which I definitely didn't lick while he (laughs) went to the bath. He came in and made me hold it so he could go to the bathroom. Which I definitely didn't insist that you should lick one tiny spot of repeatedly to create a little divot. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Why why would we, why would either of us do either of those things? That would be ridiculous. (laughs) Emmy, I just, I have one question for you. It is 1889 no what it's 2021 that doesn't sound right it's 2021 and we're reading breaking dawn my name is sarah my name my name's emmy (laughs) and you look absolutely thrilled to be here broke (laughs) broken the the government owes you a lot of money right now the government owes me a lot of money i'm broke but also my brain's broken oh (laughs) we were talking about two different kinds of broke here the government owes me approximately if i put all of the amounts together like six thousand dollars right now Speaking of uh, the government owing you money, there was this video of this guy who I this guy's an absolute legend. Uh, he was this uh, ice fishing, and this reporter was like out there talking to him about I don't know I don't know how this interview started. I've only seen the clip, but he was like, you know, they're talking about the stimulus, Biden's dropping bombs on Syria, and I gotta think those bombs were pretty expensive for someone who owes me two thousand dollars. <laughs> so hard the cognitive dissonance going on within the republican party right now is absolutely audible because the entire like left side of the nation is just 
yelling at Biden and being like, you're doing a shitty job. You need to like pick some shit up and fix the things and do what you said you were going to do. And they're all like, oh, I thought y'all were Biden fans. No, we fucking weren't. <laughs> because you don't we're be a fan not of a politician. Fans. Yeah. <clears throat> I, my, I think my favorite part is apparently came up in the House debate today over the stimulus. Um, where the Democrats were finally just like, guys, this has 70% support in polls amongst the entire population. That includes Republicans. Yeah. And the Republican senators were, or uh, representatives were just like, polls don't mean anything. Yeah. With your constituents, it's your constituents, guys. Yeah, there was one, I don't remember what his name was, but there was one Democratic representative who got up and he was like, look, we're trying to help the American workers. We are trying to help the most disadvantaged uh, citizens in this country. We propose tax breaks for the wealthy and you guys jump to vote for it. But we're trying to help the American worker and you guys flim flam around and can't decide whether or not it's worth passing. Absolutely disgraceful. And that's that's the entirety of our government right now. Absolutely but disgraceful. The American workers don't give us money. I mean, like this the Senate <laughs> recently declined Bernie Sanders' amendment to the the stimulus bill to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. And the worst part is it was 59 to 42, meaning eight Democrats voted against raising the minimum wage. One of them has gotten a lot of publicity for it, too. Uh-huh. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> And that's and the thing about Democratic <clears throat> representatives, uh, especially in the past few years, is that when you suck, we will vote you out. Like it's not the same thing as with Republican representatives, where it's like people just keep voting for them over and over and Ted over again because they're in fucking yeah <laughs> because they're in like an echo chamber. Democrats they have to keep their party happy in order to. Uh, actually stay in office and i appreciate that we are not loyal to you no we will throw you overboard oh yeah no we i mean like boston tea party your ass <laughs> absolutely like i love aoc i think she is an incredible politician and i think she really is has the people's best interests at heart but if she fucked up i would absolutely expect her to be kicked the fuck out of office you don't deserve to represent people who you don't actually intend to represent and this has been Emmy and Sarah's political corner. <laughs> it's basically been like the first 10 minutes of our podcast for weeks now. It's it's something that like we definitely, I mean, it's at the forefront of our thoughts almost all the time because of the state of the country over the past four years. Uh, and especially because uh, we both come from marginalized groups of people i mean emmy is part of one of the most uh what's the word threatened groups of people in the world literally <laughs> the only thing that could make me worse from a cultural perspective is if i was also black yeah let's yeah 
<laughs> I want like, I want everybody to know that black trans women are are in the most danger. <laughs> <clears throat> At least in the in the United States. I cannot speak for any other place in the world. In the western world, black trans women are the most in danger. Um so it's fucking insane. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. So, you know, it's something that we we think about and talk about a lot, especially living in Texas where the political landscape is hell distressing but georgia flipped blue so i have confidence that we can do it in texas too the margin between trump and biden in texas was smaller than the margin margin between uh trump and biden in ohio so that being where both of us moved to texas from so that's that's right folks Ohio is worse than Texas now. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I know that we have listeners in Ohio, so. <laughs> we, we stand Michigan. <laughs> we do stand Michigan. I can't believe we're Michigan fans now. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Also a Germany fan now. So uh, yesterday I uh, publicly came out on Facebook is being non-binary so that everybody in my real life would actually get to know. Um, and it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, but it went pretty well. A lot of people reached out to me and, you know, were really supportive. And then a few people reached out to me to talk about their own gender-related stuff, um, which was cool. And then in the in my post about it, I provided some like resources for like learning and understanding about what it means to be non-binary. And my best friend Josh texted me immediately afterward and was like, Sarah, what the fuck did you learn in school? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you put a Wikipedia article in your fucking <laughs> Facebook post. Uh, yeah, Sarah, don't you know, you're not supposed to put the Wikipedia article, you're supposed to go to the sources for the wiki article, yeah. and then use those. I, um, <laughs> I was like, what is he yelling at me about? He's been calling me a they-them for the past, like, year and a half. I don't think he's got an issue with it. Stupid fucking moth. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been my life the past 24 hours. I've been just like riddled with anxiety. And then I like didn't get my notes done at all last night, even though I read the book. I made the notes today. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Emmy made the notes document. Because I haven't I done that since like book one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll have to get back on my game next week so that I, I can do it you still let me do the preface though i appreciate that that's very kind when you of were you. behind yeah <laughs> i didn't want to be like oh you're stressed and behind let me give you three chapters instead of two <laughs> chapters in the preface i mean fuck you sarah oh by the way speaking of which i have a fucking bone to pick with you and your notes what's with all the comic sans emmy why did you I'm the final your, no, your final summary for this section is absolutely fucking nonsense. I don't remember writing it. It's I read it and I was like, first of all, it's in Comic Sans. Like all, everything else is in Calibri because that's my preferred font that we put everything in. 
And then for some reason, you switched to Comic Sans halfway through your summaries. Literally one and a half summaries in, you switched to Comic Sans. And then you just never went back. In the middle of it, in the middle of, of one of the chapters, you just switched to Comic Sans for some reason. I wonder why. What the fuck? It like, and the worst part is, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but like every time I see Comic Sans, I always think about Homestuck because there was so much of Homestuck that was in Comic Sans. So you started writing that and I was like, oh, no, oh, <laughs> like it took me way back to like 2012 when Josh and I would just like sit in homeroom and talk about Homestuck. Good thing I didn't read Homestuck. Oh my god, is our next series going to be on Homestuck? <laughs> I never read Homestuck. I don't even... We would there, was, there would be literally no way for us to structure doing a series on Homestuck because it's thousands of pages. And we extra like, content. We're reading until we decide to stop reading today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we could do it in like acts. But the acts can be kind of long. Some of the acts are really long, and some of the acts are really short. And some of the acts have multiple intermissions. There was one act that I think had six intermissions. <laughs> and then there was like an act 6A Is and an act 6B. It's a it's a um, webcomic, yes. But yeah. like most of the pages only have like one picture on it. So it's like a picture, and then you've got like a bunch of text to read. And then there's there's some animations as well. What? What? This is a weird webcomic. It's, you know what? I, someone's going to shit on me for saying this, but it's good. It's a good webcomic. It's ridiculous, but it's fun and the characters are cool and it doesn't make sense a lot of the times. But like, if you can just get on board with it not making sense, then it's really fun. I feel like the first, I feel like it'd be the first time I was reading something on Webtoons where like at the top of the page, it was like, hey, make sure you have your audio on. There's music embedded into this comic. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. I never do that. And people, all the time, it's like, I'll see the comments at the bottom and they're like, oh, my God, the music made this so beautiful. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't listen to any of it. But um, the animations are really cool. That's how Toby Fox got started. Toby Fox, the guy who made Undertale. He made uh, okay, a bunch of music. Say, who? Yeah, he made a bunch of music for Homestuck, and then he just basically made a ton of music for Undertale, and that's how Undertale became a thing. And this has been Homestuck with Sarah. So what happened in the preface? Would you rather talk about Homestuck for an hour or Breaking Dawn? Okay, new series idea. Instead of us both reading a book next next series, I'm just going to explain Homestuck to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just meet up every week and I'll just start talking. And then when we get to an hour... I'm down. It involves meeting up. I am down. <laughs> <laughs> you know I need that's human not interaction. You know that's not what I meant. We'll Zoom call meet up, and then I'll just explain Homestuck to you no. for an hour, and then we'll be I'll be like, oh, that's been an hour. Okay, we'll meet up next week, and then we make the same series every week for four and a half years because that's how long it takes to explain Homestuck. 
No, I was promised human interaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. COVID and all that. You've had it twice. I've had it twice. <laughs> so the preface. <laughs> preface. So in the preface, Bella is facing down the Vulturi once again in mortal danger. For once, she is not overwhelmed with fear or her gross martyr complex and decides that she's going to fight back. So I guess the Vulturi are Yeah. She was all like, Yeah. I dropped into my fighting stance and went, grr. (laughs) Yeah. That's what she's good at. That's what she does. As we all know. It's her thing now. Look. I'm tired of these prefaces. She didn't, I know that she split the, the book up into three books, but she didn't need to have a preface in the beginning you of each book. don't get three prefaces. The fact that her editor allowed her to do this is probably only due to the fact that it's Twilight and they were making so much goddamn money that they just weren't going to tell her no to anything. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that's the preface. There's really not much else to say about it. I'm tired of talking about the prefaces of these books. And then it's just Bella Brain. Do you know where I don't want to be stuck for 15 (laughs) pages? Inside Bella's brain. Just inside of Bella's brain. (laughs) Nothing else. Just Bella thoughts. I, I don't know if it's 15 pages. I'm just saying 15 pages, but I hope I'm fucking right. Oh my God. It's just sitting there like, I am in pain. I am suffering. Oh, Venom reconnected my spine. Now I'm suffering more. Everything is burning. I'm in a blazing inferno. Somebody kill me. And, and she hears some conversation about Jacob and printing except it's not about that because they're so vague so she has no idea what the fuck it's about which is so dumb because if they really thought that she was unconscious they wouldn't be vague about it they would just be like can't fucking believe this werewolf thing man it's crazy I I said in the notes like the it pissed me off Except for the fact that Smyre lampshaded it by having Bella acknowledge the fact that they were being vague and how stupid that was. Yeah. But then that pissed me off because Smyre isn't a strong enough writer to deserve using the lampshade. Yeah. It's, it was, I was annoyed. Well, it's because like, so in Eclipse, they, they, we had that whole section where Edward and Jacob thought that Bella was asleep. And so they had that like whole big long conversation. God, was that Eclipse? Yes, it was Eclipse. It was during the snowstorm when they were in the tent Fuck. and Jacob was forcefully cuddling Bella. I feel Bella. like it's been so long since the end Be- of that. Because Breaking Dawn is a million years long. Uh, so it's like we've had this situation before where they thought that she was knocked out cold. And so they had a whole conversation without really worrying about what she would hear. So why in this situation, if they think that she's unconscious, would they then... Like, be super vague. Dramatic tension. Yeah. It's dramatic irony, really, because, like, Bella's like, what are they talking about? What's going on? And we're just like, because Jacob wants to fuck your toddler. Oh. 
So, uh, yeah, and then Alice comes in. It's like, see her future. What time's she gonna wake up? <laughs> Check the clock in your visions, dumbass. <laughs> and uh, Bella does a really good job of not screaming and not writhing in pain uh, when the morphine wears off and gives her the use of her limbs and vocal cords again. Um Ed keeps going like, hey, if you can hear me, react. And she's like, nope, I can't react. Because if she reacts, she's going to scream. And Um, you know what? I've felt that before. I've felt situations where people are like, what's wrong? What's going on? Like, tell us something. Like, tell us anything. And, like, my only reaction is, like, I, uh, because I'm like, I know if I start talking, I'm just going to start screaming and crying. Yeah. So, like, I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's one of those, it's like a defense mechanism. She doesn't want to freak out and, like, lose control. So she's just like, I'm going to stay silent. Sometimes quiet is violent. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You fucking emo little bitch. <laughs> so uh, at one point in this whole deal, uh, Bella tries to feel her heart. Not, not her pulse. She tries to literally feel where her heart is supposed to be in her chest, but not like reach her hand up and touch it. She just tries to just, sense it. Just sense it. That's not how biology works. You can't, you can't do, I had this, I had an, a long discussion with Steffi after this because I read it and was like, what the fuck? And the best metaphor we came up with was that this would be the equivalent of reaching your hand into the air and being like, all right, I need to feel my skin. (laughs) But not the wind against your skin. And not touching your own skin. Just feel the sensation of having skin. So um, when I was in a mental institution when I was younger, one of the coping mechanisms they gave us for anxiety attacks, if you can feel one coming on, obviously not if you're like already in one, was that starting from the, the, the tips of your toes all the way up through your body. And this is like a meditation technique. Basically you slowly go from piece by piece by piece, concentrating on whatever you are feeling in that part of your body. Ideally, you would do this while laying in bed because you can obviously just feel your sheets like on you. And so it's more comforting. So you focus first on your toes and on how your toes feel. And then like your the bottoms of your feet and then like into your ankles and your legs and all that stuff. Um, and it's very calming. It's it's quite soothing to like really concentrate on those different parts of you because it helps you calm down quite a lot if you've never experienced something like that. Um, but I must have missed the part where they told us to specifically feel our heart inside of our chest cavity. All right. Now feel your lower intestine <laughs> existing. Can you feel? The twisting of your gastrointestinal system. <laughs> yes, let that feeling guide you to peace. Oh god. I this Bella's just sitting there like I wish for death during so much of this. And I'm like, I get it, Bella. Because I, I had to read this fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, no, my actual thought was uh a little a little warning for anyone who's squeamish this is about to get 
a tiny bit gross um was i get it bella because she's describing the burning sensation and i was just having flashbacks to one of my really bad recent ibs (laughs) flare-ups where i was like it was so bad and painful and burning that i was just sitting there on the toilet trying not to scream Mm -hmm. and just flexing my fists and wanting to lash out and not being able to do anything and just waiting for the pain to end i thought you were gonna (laughs) say flexing your anus Flexing my butt, hoping that the pain would end. (laughs) Okay, so that said, Smyre's actually really good at writing these details of, like, being in immense suffering. She did good on it, but it was impossible to take it seriously with my brain just flashing back to me shitting. (laughs) (laughs) Now every time I read about someone being in pain, I'm just going to think about you shitting. Like, especially if it's, like, uh, like an emotional pain. They're like, oh, the breaking of her heart was almost too much pain to bear. I'm going to be, like, kind of like when Emmy was shitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sorry to our audience. God. Oh, now you feel a little bit of my pain. <laughs> Chapter 20. (laughs) Chapter 20. Bella, uh, she wakes up and she looks around, suddenly able to see things in great and beautiful detail, including she makes like this really snide remark about Jasper, where she's like, oh, he's just covered in scars. Oh, terrifying. Yeah, I was just like, Bella. Okay, but it's a a return to form for her because she was fucking savage in Twilight. She was. She was a lot less passive in that first book. Uh, The Cullens seem to form like a protective barrier around her. And at first she's like, what are they doing? And then she realizes that like as a newborn vampire, she should be experiencing really strong, like uncontrollable emotions. But however, she's just kind of, she's just kind of there. She's not really uh, feeling anything strong. And Jasper at one point is like, I really admire your ability to control your emotions. And I'm like, she doesn't fucking have any, bro. <laughs> like, I, I hate to break it to you. There's a reason she can control them. It's because they don't exist. Yeah. Um, but so she hugs Edward, who now feels warm to her because she's also cold now. Uh, but she, but he has to step back from her because her strength hurts him. When they kiss, she's like, oh, we've never kissed like this before. It's almost like it's our first kiss. And I'm like, yeah, it's because now he feels like a person instead of a marble statue when you kiss him. Which so, is still fucking weird because, like, I don't, it's st- they're still very hard. How I do don't they- know. I don't know. I don't know, because I've never been the consistency of a marble statue. So I don't know what it feels like to touch other marble statues. I want to teach an entire collegiate course on Stephanie Meyer biology. (laughs) 
The only thing I can think is that maybe the reason that they feel so hard to humans is because the inherent strength of a vampire, like even without trying, they're able to mold the skin of another vampire. Like you can press into it and like feel it be soft because they have that inherent strength. But humans don't have that. And see, I thought... I was thinking about that as well. It's like maybe it's just how strong they are, like how firm they are mm-hmm. to humans, but they still shatter like stone. I don't know. So he's just know. like, what the fuck? I do not know. Although like, I think that I could be wrong, but I think the shattering like stone is a movie thing. I think in the books, they just describe it as, like, ripping pieces off of them. I don't think the, the like, shattering thing happens in the books. They don't talk about crack spreading ever? I don't think so. I thought they did during the end of Eclipse. Well, in Eclipse, because I remember her describing, like, pieces being missing from Riley. And I remember her describing Victoria being kind of, like, hunched over and, like, broken looking. But I do not remember any, like actual like physical cracks in them and if we're following the idea that they're not actually made of stone it's just about their strength then i think that might be the reason why that would make a lot more sense then i can go back and look and we can like revisit this next we can reconvene yeah we'll reconvene next episode as to whether or not there are actual cracks and stuff because I mean, there's that whole scene. Well, I don't even know if that's going to be applicable to the the end of Twilight. But the end of Eclipse definitely would have something on it. So, but anyway, so uh, Carlisle encourages Bella to go hunting because she's probably thirsty. And she's like, yes, I am. Um, and since hmm. Renesmee is half human, she might be a danger to the child. Before they go, Alice has Bella admire her new appearance in the, in the mirror and Bella is super shocked and confused by the way that she looks. They just called Alice out, too. Ed was just like, you're just being voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. Wanting to see Bella yeah. have her reaction to her own appearance. Yeah, and Alice like put her in like stilettos and like a fancy dress for when she would wake up. Which is, I can't believe Edward allowed that. Like, I can, I can buy the dress because she was in fucked up bloody clothing. So I can buy that he would be okay with, like, her being, like, in a dress or whatever. But the stilettos, knowing how Bella would react, is just ridiculous. Just covered her, it is, took her old clothes off, didn't put anything on her, and just covered her in a pile of potatoes and was like, this is how I came into this world. <laughs> This is how she's coming into this world, too. <laughs> I've been saving these spuds for months. Oh, my God. Uh, holy shit. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. First of all, Bella describing shit in this scene. <laughs> I was like, this bitch just got wiped and had a baby. 
got turned into a vampire and she's already trying to make her own candles for Etsy. She over here like Edward smelling like almost honey, lilac, and sun flavored. <laughs> Ain't nobody eating your bougie ass candles, bitch. Why would they be eating her candles in the first Why place? is he sun flavored? Why is his flavor part of his scent? I don't know. She's like, I can smell the dust motes in the air. I can taste them and they taste good. I'm like, what? Why does the dust moat taste good? Where's the dust coming from? Vampires aren't shedding dead skin. What is it? Dust is not entirely dead skin. It's predominantly dead skin. I have an, I have an issue with that. If it's almost entirely dead skin, why is it on top of my ceiling fan? Your skin is very agile. <laughs> Your skin is very agile. <laughs> We're just full of zingers this episode. It just keeps coming. <laughs> okay, okay, but my favorite part is... Bella analyzing all the stuff and Smyre's like, look at her heightened mental faculties now because she's a vampire. And her example of Bella being like heightened awareness intelligence is just her having the same like number of potential trains of thought as a normal human being, but also the distractibility of having ADHD. And I'm like, so for the first time in the series... She's thinking like a person does, taking in all the details. And that's supposed to be impressive? <laughs> yes. Aren't you impressed? Like, she goes on a tangent when Ed mentions uh, whether or not, or when he says there's nothing to worry about. And she's like, well, is he talking about we don't have to worry about this? Or is he talking about that we don't have to worry about this? Or is he talking about we don't have to worry about this? And then let me think about these other things. I'm like, bitch, that's how a normal person thinks. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's uh, it's not super impressive. Tasting the dust motes is super impressive. <laughs> I'll give you that. But... Oh, no. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is where it goes off the rails. Chapter 21. <laughs> I need you to change your voice when it slips into Comic Sans. Oh, I intend to. <laughs> okay. So it's time to hunt. But first, it's time for parkour. Uh, they got to jump out a window. And it turns out that Bella is far more graceful than other vampires. Even in the fucking stilettos and dress that Alice had her in. It's like, I've never seen a vampire that graceful. And I'm like, bitch... I've never seen a simp that dumb. Shut the fuck up. You already got the pussy. So they'd be running. Mm-hmm. They'd be jumping. And they'd be singing with all the voices of the mountain or some shit out there. I don't know. She'd be like, I can hear the ants walking <laughs> on the trees. On the trees. So, like, is she a vampire or is she, like, on methamphetamines? <laughs> God damn, I should start taking, like, larger doses of my ADHD meds if this right? is how it works. 
And I swear to fucking God, if she measures the time it takes to do something in the fraction of a second again, it was one sixty fourth of a second. It was one eighty fourth of a second. That's not a time measurement, motherfucker. I'm not impressed. Why would you be able to count that just because you're a vampire? Why would you count that? I'm so confused. Just just let it go, okay? She became a mathematician when she went through her transformation. A math magician? Yeah, because she's fucking magic now. <laughs> Though I guess measuring time wouldn't technically be the job of a mathematician. It would be the, to- uh, the job of like a physicist or something like that. All right, so honey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, now there's a people. Now there's a people out here because Ed's stupid and didn't search for people first. So then Bella's like, mm, I'm going to eat these people. And Ed's like, no, Bella, don't eat these people. And Bella just stops and snarls at him because she has self-control. But how does she do it? Because fuck you, she's a motherfucking goddess. That's how. Eat a mountain lion and then fuck on its corpse. That's apparently what we're doing now. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so, um, if you're confused as to what happened in this chapter, Bella and Edward went hunting and Bella was hella observant about everything around them. She smelled an elk, but didn't like the smell of it. Then she smelled a person, ran after it. And when she realized that Edward was following her, she turned around and snarled at him. But then she realized what she was doing, stopped herself, and they went and hunted a mountain lion. The end. And then elk, and then she wanted some fuck. Oh, yeah. She was talking about how horny she was for Edward pretty much the entire uh, chapter as well. Eat a mountain lion, fuck on its corpse. She kept saying that she thought that she, like, wasn't going to be horny anymore when she was a vampire. And I was just like, bitch, where? Like, look at Emmett and Rosalie. You think those two don't fuck all the fucking time? They do. What do you think the bag of eggs is for? (laughs) Stop. Stop. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you think the bag of eggs is for? We have so much title fodder throughout (laughs) this entire episode so far. What do you mean? What do you think the bag of eggs is for? Um, aren't they those little eggs you you stick inside and they vibrate? No, it's just eggs. It's hard boiled eggs. Oh, I thought Emmett was into some kinky shit for a second. Why would he carry it around school with him? He's, you think he's um, carrying his sex eggs around school with him? To assert his dominance? Oh my god. It's Emmett. Oh, he's, he's dumb. He's not stupid. Uh, no, he's not stupid. He's asserting his dominance. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. I'm fucking my sister orphan step person sister orphan step person that'll go on a (laughs) t-shirt sister cousin sister orphan step person no i feel bad because my um 
my summary for the next chapter is like an actual summary rather than just like a mental breakdown. <laughs> uh, but I hope it makes as much sense to you. This is chapter 22. On the way back to the house, Edward tells Bella a bunch of cryptic stuff about their daughter, but also describes her biology as a half-human, half-vampire. She's warm-blooded, a little warmer than normal human temperature, and her heartbeat is a little fast. He hints that she has a special way of communicating, but doesn't elaborate. He also makes a random remark about her and Jacob's relationship, but doesn't elaborate on that either. Bella is mad suspicious, but they continue home. Hey, do you remember how Stephanie Meyer is really bad at building up mysteries and suspense? This is another example of that in full swing. Oh, I'm in suspense. I'm wondering when the last brain cell in my brain is finally going to die because it's hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Good lord. So when they get back, Jake greets Bella as a test to make sure she wouldn't suddenly attack Renesmee. When she passes the test, she goes inside and is shocked to see that Renesmee is bigger than she remembered, but is also hella cute. And the baby reaches out to Bella and Bella tries to hold her, but Jake is annoying and he doesn't fully let go of her. When Renesmee touches Bella's face, Bella can see flashes of Renesmee's memory, indicating that the baby can communicate her thoughts by touching people's faces. She's going to turn into that weird manic pixie dream girl that just touches people's faces all the time. Oh, no. And, like, when they're around humans, they're going to play it off as, like, some weird quirk that she has. Even though it's definitely not, like, a weird quirk. It's her, like, reading or... She doesn't read their minds. She puts her thoughts into their head. Oh, God. Uh, Jake tries to cut the happy reunion short by saying Bella has been pushed enough. When Bella realizes that Jake has imprinted on her daughter, she snaps, but Edward restrains her. Jake insists that he had no choice in the matter, then drops the bomb of his dumb nickname for Renesmee, Nessie, sending Bella over the edge. I couldn't stop laughing at Nessie. It's fucking beautiful. Nessie is better than Renesmee. It is far better. You named, you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? It's so stupid because I remember the way that Kristen Stewart says it in the movie as well. I haven't seen the movie, but like I've seen the clip enough times that I know how she says it. And it's like, it's so dumb because it's like, no, she didn't. He didn't nickname your daughter after the Loch Ness Monster. He nicknamed your daughter after a part of her stupid fucking name. Her name is Renesmee. Loch Ness Monster. It's so dumb. So then she attacks him warranted (laughs) i mean i feel like she should attack him because he imprinted on he wants to fuck her toddler not because the attack is warranted for a lot of reasons but not precisely the reasoning that she's yeah absolutely um so chapter 23 emmy seth got fucking jacked by (laughs) bella's feral ass broken shoulders all up in this bitch broken arm carlisle's like don't move and he's like i'll be healed in like two hours i'm gonna take a nap snooze apparently jacob tastes good uh renez may be all up in there like mm, love tasting me some wolf boy 
Jasper is big sad because Bella's not a raging cunt right now. Uh, so he goes off into the woods by on his own because he doesn't know how to deal with the fact that he was such a piece of shit for so long. Uh, little baby's actually a big baby. Very big baby. They measure her four times a day. Uh, is she going to show Bella her whole life? And now she's snoozing. And then there's Emmett and his egg pals, and they carrying along Bella's birthday gift because she hit the big one nine. Yeah, and then she doesn't want to be 19 because Edward is 17, and she doesn't want to be nine, 19. Rawr! <laughs> What a great summary. So Seth got injured when Bella attacked Jacob because Seth got in the way. Um, And then Renesmee shows Bella a bunch of memories, including the fact that she's hella possessive of Jacob, which is really gross. Because he tastes good. Yeah, he tastes good. And Bella's like, (laughs) Bella's trying to reconcile that like, well, she likes him. So I guess it's okay. Even though, no, it's not okay. It's really bad. Bella even says at one point that like, she's worried because Renesmee is aging really fast. And she thinks that she's going to grow old and die really fast. But as we know, she's just going to age until she becomes about 18 and then not and age anymore. Just like, yes. <laughs> He's gonna. She's gonna age until she's legal, baby. Uh, <laughs> this section broke me. I I can tell. Um, that whole last part was in Comic Sans. Bella, Bella just became a vampire. And they were like, Bella, look at all your self-control. Bella, look at how graceful you are. Bella, look at how fast you are. Bella, look at how far you can jump. Bella, she's like the best vampire to ever vampire vampire. ever. Yeah, I'm just like. It's absolutely ridiculous. The only thing I'll say on the subject of the self-control, and we talked about this previously because, um... She kept talking about how she was going to be like a monster when she became a vampire. And I said that the reason that she would have better self-control and she wouldn't like become like a murderous cunt when she became a vampire is because she has people all around her who are encouraging her to only eat animals, to stay away from humans, to, you know, resist those urges And she went into this wanting to become a vampire for good reasons. Like she didn't go, she wasn't first of all attacked and turned into a vampire against her will. She didn't go into into this because she was a murderer and she wanted to be able to kill a bunch of people. And she's got a whole family surrounding her to show her like love and affection and stuff. I mean, it's literally the entire reason why they tried to save Brie at the end of Eclipse was because they were like, if we can like love and nurture her, then she's not going to become a nuisance. She's not going to become like these other vampires. And that's true. 
it's as we can see with Rosalie that self-control is possible if you discipline yourself well enough. And the fact that Bella has all these people around her to encourage her to live a certain way means that it's going to be way easier for her than anybody else. And everybody's being super shocked about it is like it makes it seem like it's some like amazing feat. But I'm not surprised. Nor am I. I <clears throat> and to be clear, the self-control doesn't bother me. It's the fact that she's good at everything else. Oh, yeah. Too, to such a degree that it's... Annoying. She just Mary sued the fuck out of Bella oh, for the yeah. end of this book. Absolutely. Like, fan fiction level Mary sued her own protagonist. And I personally resent the idea of a Mary Sue because I think that female characters are allowed to be, like, all-powerful and perfect if you want them to be and you write them in a good way. Like, I think one of the most popular Mary Sues, quote-unquote, is Captain Marvel. But I don't think that that's a very apt description. Just because she's incredibly strong and is probably one of the most powerful people in the MCU doesn't mean that she's a Mary Sue. It just means that she's one of the most powerful people in the MCU. It's the same with Scarlet Witch, though I think people like Scarlet Witch on a much larger scale than they like Captain Marvel. Um, And I think that term gets, like, thrown around, like, way too much. However, Belle is a fucking Mary Sue. (laughs) Like, she can't just go from being bad at everything to all of a sudden she's the best at everything and have it be normal and believable. The self-control is totally warranted and understandable, but everything else just comes off as her one, like, Stephanie Meyer just wanting her to be, like, the perfect image of a woman all of a sudden. It's almost like when she got married and had a child, she became the best woman she could be. Think about it. She's better... She's more graceful, she's stronger, she's faster than, let's only compare her to the other women. To Esme, to Rosalie, harder, to better, Alice. Faster, stronger. Yes. All of which are married, none of which have children. So for some reason, for some unknown reason, Bella is like the best at everything. And it's because of this ingrained idea that has been so prevalent in this book specifically, all of the books, but this book specifically about the religious traditionalism that Stephanie Meyer believes wholeheartedly in. Bella is complete and perfect because she has a husband and a child. Clumsy vampire would have been so much better. Yes. Like it it would have been great. She didn't even have to be, like, clumsy clumsy. She could have been vampire clumsy. Mm-hmm. But Stephanie Meyer robbed us of that. She did. And of... Well, I don't want to say a good character, because Bella was never a good character, but... No. She could have been. She could have been. She wasn't. No. Do you have any further comments on this section, Emmy? I just wanted to end. <laughs> Well, we still have a lot more to go. We have 16 chapters left. I was like, how can it get worse after Jacob imprinted on a baby? Like, that has to be the low point. But I feel like every time we've reached a point in these books where I think it's the low point, I'm somehow still surprised when it gets worse. Yeah. And the thing is, like... We're at the point now where 
it's just bad. It's not like largely problematic, right? Like it's just a fucking joke. It's literally just like we talked about this before, before we even started reading Breaking Dawn, that this is like the bad fan fiction of the Twilight universe. And I now grasp why people say that. Yeah. She literally fan fictioned her own conclusion to the series. Mm-hmm. I, why would you do this to your own book? Even one as bad as Twilight. Why? Yeah. It's <laughs> the reason that it, that we got so off the rails in our summaries this time is because it's just ridiculous at this point. And it's like, I am, I can enjoy when a book series lets us get to the conclusion that we've been wanting and we get to live in that conclusion for a little while. Like, I'm not upset that we're getting stuff about Bella being a vampire because, like, if she, if the book had, if, like, the entire series had ended with them getting married and, like, him biting her on their wedding night or whatever, and we don't get any more after that, I would have felt a little bit unfulfilled because you do uh, kind of want to- Bullshit. Yeah. You, you would have wanted to see a little bit of Bella as a vampire. You've been waiting the entire book series to see it. It's just the way that this entire book leading up to this has been written makes it feel like it doesn't even fit in the Twilight universe. Like the what as ridiculous as the concepts have been up until now, they still sort of meshed together in a way that was like, I don't want to say believable, but like was a way that you could Belief, basically. It was basically that it was believable. But then we have yeah. this magical baby and she's like aging and like the imprint and like Bella being a Mary Sue. It just none of it feels as like grounded as the rest of the series did. Oh, shit. We forgot. What? Uh, Sam and the Cullens made a new pact. Oh, yeah. So Treaty. wasn't was that in in your chapter or in my chapter? I don't even know. <laughs> so um, the rivalry with the pack is completely over. Um, we get the reveal that they can't harm someone that has been imprinted on by one of the wolves. So Renesmee is technically under their protection. Yeah, that is actually in the book. Yes. <laughs> so uh, since Jake is the rightful alpha Bella being um, turned and him being okay with her being turned was not like, didn't break the treaty since he gets to say whether or not it breaks the treaty. And then um, he also said that the two alphas, Jake and Sam can communicate telepathically while they're wolves, but they can control like what thoughts they hear. So it's not just like a constant stream of consciousness going back and forth. I, that part actually just makes sense. I'm just like, that has to be the most reasonable thing she's done with any of her weird fucking setups and character powers in this series. Yeah, she really went out of her way to create her, like, completely her own rules and setups for these two mythological species. Like, I have my own vampire fiction that I've been writing for a long time. And yes, I have my own little details about it. But most of my shit is just, like, rules that I've adapted from, like, other works of fiction. Not this one. Marie? Marie? Oh. Antoinette. (laughs) Yes, in my vampire fiction, Marie Antoinette is a bisexual vampire who faked her death at the end of the French Revolution. 
I didn't expect you to just tell him all that. Oh, well. It's okay. You get to wonder. You get to really wonder about how that fits into the narrative. Bisexual vampire extraordinaire, Marie Antoinette. Yes. Absolutely. I was very excited about it at one point. Sarah (laughs) sent me an entire document (laughs) titled after her. It's titled Bisexual Disaster Vampire or uh, Marie Antoinette. And it's just a blank page below that. (laughs) It's just nothing. Well, she really wanted me to write about it. And so I made that one doc and I just sent it to her. Marie Antoinette is one of my favorite historical figures. Probably my favorite historical figure if I had to pick one. A very fascinating lady. Our friendship still hasn't recovered from that betrayal. (laughs) She'll exist at some point and she'll get to smooch lots of ladies the way she always wanted to. Does that feel to you more believable than the shit that's happened so far in the Twilight Saga? Yes. <laughs> I, uh. Vulture, you're fucking creepy, bro. And not in, like, scary way. Just pedophile with a van way. Yeah, pretty much. They're awful. I, once again, movie Vulture less terrifying than, than book Vulture. Still terrifying. Still terrifying. Pretty awful. But, you know. I'm gonna go to sleep now. Good night. You're gonna go to sleep. (laughs) All right. Well, follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is at M of many names. And I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Shoot us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. We really love hearing from y'all. Only one person reached out to me to ask what I cried about um, last week. And that was, predictably, Steffi. So, you know, Steffi wins the award once again for being, you know, the most attentive fan. Y'all need to pick it up. Come say hi to us. Shoot me a message. I'm always online and ready ready to reply. And because I think Emmy is, is really asleep, she's no longer in frame, uh, I guess I'm signing off for both of us. Tasty wolf boy. Oh. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.